name an animal with three letters in its name? Frog. Something found in a refrigerator. Milk. A brand of gasoline. Regular. Something that comes with a summer storm. Snow. A sport with an all-star game. Uh. Turn around. You may never be up here again. Let's take a look. I don't believe it. Name an animal with three letters in its name. You said frog. Our survey said zero. Two people would have to say that. Something found in a refrigerator. You said milk. Our survey said 28. A brand of gasoline we wanted. You said regular. That's a good brand. Our survey said the brand I use. Something that comes with a summer storm. You gave me the answer. Snow. Our survey said... I'm going to ask you the same questions I asked the other Bob. You cannot and you do not want to duplicate his answers. If you do, you hear this. Remind everyone to Bob's shame. The answers he gave us. You can give me 20 seconds on the clock, please. Name an animal with three letters in its name. Alligator. Something found in a refrigerator. Milk. Try again. Uh, ice. A brand of gasoline. Ethyl. Something that comes with a summer storm. Uh, rain. A sport with an all-star game. Football. Football, you've got to give him that. I can't, I can't stand Any, it. Oh. Any man that says alligator, you've got to go. Oh. Name an animal with three letters in its name. You said alligator. Oh. Our survey said... <laughs> I thought frog was a disastrous answer until you came up with alligator. guys it's fun to laugh together family feud is such a great snapshot of the fight of the family dynamics i love it because there's laughter there's joy there's just sarcasm and ridiculousness then there's also like angry tension when people say dumb things and you lose the game because of it it's just a great little snapshot of all the dynamics we we do experience in family and first of all i just want to welcome you today here to crossroads i'm so glad that you are here i, I believe today that that you are here for a reason, that God has brought us together in this moment uh, for such a time as this. And so I just want to encourage you today to lean in to what it is that we are talking through and just let the Holy Spirit, let Jesus speak to you today and say what it is that he needs to say to you because I believe that what we're talking about is really, really important. Uh, this series is important because everybody has kind of a uh, they have their own perspective of what the word family is. Family is, is a strong word. It's an emotional word because it means something very powerful and something very different to almost everybody. Some people grow up in a great family situation. It was stable. You were loved. You were encouraged to chase your dreams. It was great. You look back at your childhood, it's like it was fantastic. It couldn't have been better. I want you to know if that's your experience, count your blessings. Be thankful for what you were blessed with because honestly, that's not the case in most 
situations. Some people are like, oh, mine was okay. My childhood was great. Family was okay. We definitely had our hurdles, but you know, I was loved. It was good. Some, some of you are like, man, growing up, our family put the fun in dysfunction. I mean, it was crazy town, and we had unnecessary mistakes, and it was difficult, but you know what? I'm here. I survived. I made it, and there's a whole other category then that just takes to the next level. You're going, you know, my, my family life, my childhood, it was just a disaster. Everything that could have gone wrong did. I just had to overcome so many things. And I want you to know today that no matter what your history is, no matter what your family looked like, what it looks like right now, you have the opportunity right now to change the dynamic of your family. You can break whatever cycle that you grew up in and, and make the choice that no matter what brought you to where you are here today, you have the choice today to make a difference moving forward. And you can do that. It's never too early. It's never too late to say, hey, I'm going to choose to put my trust in and to follow Jesus. As for me and my family, we are going to serve the Lord. And in the first week of the series, that, that's what we talked about. You can do that. And I'm, I'm for one grateful that we can say yes to Jesus. We can make him the center of our families and he can change those things. He can break that cycle. Is anybody excited about that today? We serve a God who changes things. Last week, my friend Lamoris Crawford was here. Who enjoyed Lamoris? I, I had a great time with Lamoris last week. It was so good to hear what he had to say about how we just speak life and love into our marriages, how we initiate everything that we need to in our marriages to make them better marriages, to make them stronger marriages, to make sure our marriage is centered on Jesus. And I encourage you, if you missed that one, go to our website, watch it from last week. It was a fantastic sermon uh, that talks about how we can have better, stronger marriages. Well, today we're talking about something that I think is just as important, but maybe overlooked more often than not, because it seems simple. Uh, what we're talking about today, and yet it's so incredibly important to developing our relationship with God and to just inviting him into the, the dynamics of our families. I want to encourage you today to not only, you know, be committed to breaking the cycle in your family, centering your family around Jesus, to doing everything you can to better your marriages and your relationships. I want to encourage you today to do something different. I want you to do everything that you can to make sure that you are celebrating and capturing the beautiful moments in your life that God gives you. I just want to let you think about that for a second because we're talking about the importance of our beautiful moments today. Here's the thing. Oftentimes we can have amazing experiences with Jesus and we can recognize that that happens, but then we just kind of go, okay, that was cool, and we move on, and we forget that that ever happened. Sometimes we can have extraordinarily beautiful and sacred moments with our families, with our spouse, with our kids, and we can in the moment say, hey, that was awesome, and we move right along and forget about it. I want to encourage you today that those sacred and beautiful moments are really, really important. It's really important that you capture those moments, that you celebrate those moments, that you cherish those moments, because those are the moments that if you've held on to those, as you journey through life and as you walk through the valley, sometimes you experience the storms of life all around you, you can look back at those moments that you experienced and you can remember God was faithful, God was present, he was with me then and he is with me now. And I wanna encourage you today, that is really important it's really significant that we lean into the beautiful and sacred moments, the encounters that we have with Jesus, and that we hold on to those because that prove, it proves his faithfulness in our lives, and it helps us to have just a foundation and a rock to stand on when we're encouraging or when we're experiencing the storms of life. Uh, there's a story in Mark chapter 5 that we're going to walk through today that kind of 
uh, it just it reemphasizes this whole idea. And it's a story of Jesus. It's found in Mark chapter 5. And I want to encourage you, as we walk through this passage of Scripture, when you think about your beautiful moments today, when we talk about capturing those, making sure you don't forget them, celebrating them, make sure that you're highlighting them from time to time, telling the stories, as we cherish those moments, make sure today that you are not only doing all of those things, but that you're also just dedicating those moments to God and recognizing his faithfulness and his presence in your life because those are the moments that we go back to. Those are markers in our life where we look back and say, God was with me then, he'll be with me now. Mark chapter 5 says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Listen, something that we don't talk about very often about Jesus. Jesus was a lake person. Anybody here a lake person? You like getting on the boat and you're like, yes, this is a good time. Oh, we got a round of applause for the lake. The lake is very popular today at the 11 o'clock. Congratulations, lakes everywhere. Uh, Jesus loved being on the lake. Much of his time was spent around the Sea of Galilee. That was before they had the speedboats and the big old party ponds. Who needs that when you can walk on water anyway? Uh, he was on the lake. He liked that atmosphere. And what would be interesting about Jesus is he would travel to different parts of the shore. And as his popularity and fame grew, anywhere he went, the crowds would gather because they wanted to see the miracles. They wanted to hear his teaching. And the crowds were there every time he landed somewhere. And so this is just another situation where the large crowd gathered around him on the shore. It says in verse 22, then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. He said, my little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. This is a moment of chaos. This is a moment of desperation. This guy is dealing with something that we as parents hope we never have to deal with. He's terrified. He is desperately reaching out for the hope of Jesus, recognizing Jesus is the answer here. He could be the one. I've seen him perform miracles. If anyone can save my daughter, it's Jesus. I mean, this is a difficult moment. But I want to encourage you today that it is out of the difficult moments, it's out of the moments of chaos, often that our beautiful and sacred moments rise out of. And I want to encourage you today that if you can look back at your life and you can capture beautiful moments where you realize God was faithful, I encountered Jesus. That every time you experience one of these chaotic and disastrous moments, you can know, you can put trust in the fact that God is still with you. He was faithful then. He'll be faithful now. This is a moment of chaos. It's a moment of desperation. Jesus, it says, went with him and all the people followed crowding around him. So Jesus now is on a mission. He's going to go save the life of Jairus' daughter. And here's where something cool happens. There's a story within the story. Jesus is going to help Jairus heal his daughter. And as the crowd gathered around him, it says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. It says immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. How amazing is this? 
Jairus begging Jesus as he comes to the shore, come and heal my daughter, she's dying. Please, Jesus, you're the only hope I have. Jesus agrees. He goes with Jairus. And as they're working through the crowd, out of the crowd is this woman who desperately is seeking after Jesus. She's in a desperate and chaotic situation just like Jairus is. She says in her mind, if I can just touch the edge of his robe as he walks by, I know that he can heal me. And in that moment, as Jesus walks by, she reaches through the crowd, touches the edge of his robe, and is healed in that moment. This is a beautiful and sacred moment. God shows up on the scene and changes everything. And can you just put yourself in the position of this woman? For 12 years, been hurting, been suffering, been in pain, could not find any answers. And in one singular moment of faith, she reaches out, she touches Jesus, and she is immediately healed. She's overwhelmed with joy. It finally happened. This is the moment that I have been waiting for. This is the beautiful and sacred moment. And I just want to stop here and circle this. These are the moments when we encounter Jesus that we have to capture. Because it's not always going to look like that. It's not like somebody walks by. Jesus doesn't physically walk by us anymore. We can reach out and grab his robe and be healed. But I'll tell you this, Jesus is here. Jesus is with us. He's with you. He's the God who provides. He's the God who heals. He is with us. He fights for us. And listen, when you have those moments when you encounter the presence of Jesus in your life, make sure that you are capturing those moments. Make sure you are celebrating the beautiful and the sacred because God is with you. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. And if he was faithful then, when you experience a new trial, when you experience a new moment that you're just not sure how to, to navigate it and you're being overwhelmed, know this, he was faithful then, he will be faithful now. That's why we have to capture the beautiful moments. And here's another thing about the beautiful moment that I just want to lean into for a second. When I am capturing and focusing on the beautiful moment, what that allows me to do is to stay in a mindset that changes everything. And I want to encourage you to think about this today because it's, it's more important than it seems at the beginning. The attitude and the mindset that, that results from me focusing on the beautiful moments that I experience with God is, is an attitude of thankfulness. Now think about this for a second. When I am able to, in any circumstance, look back and recognize God's been faithful God has blessed me with beautiful and sacred moments in my life. So I know that no matter what situation I'm in right now, that God is with me and that he will be faithful again. That allows me to be thankful in any situation I find myself in. And let me tell you this. This is an important concept. This is an important attitude for us who have put our trust in Jesus to be working on and to be focused on in our life. The attitude of thankfulness. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in every circumstance. This is God's will for you if you are in him. Think about the significance of that statement. Give thanks in every circumstance. Wait a second, what, every circumstance? Do you know what circumstance that I'm going through right now? Come on, God, this is crazy. I sat through a middle school band concert this week. I was thankful in that circumstance. Is that too harsh on the middle school band people? I'm, I'm very sorry. Beautiful, beautiful concert. I can't lie. It was awful. So, so I've got to learn to be thankful in every circumstance. So I've got to sit there and go, that's my kid. What an amazing four-note solo he had in this band. That's a, yes, that's amazing. Give thanks in every circumstance. Why? 
Think about the significance of the second half of that short, simple, but powerful verse. Give thanks in every circumstance. This is God's will for you. This is what he desires for you. If you are connected with Jesus, this is what he wants for you. Be thankful in every circumstance. How can I be thankful in every circumstance? Well, I've captured the beautiful moments. I know that no matter what situation I find myself in right now, God was faithful then, he'll be faithful now. Man, those, those beautiful and sacred moments are anchors to our faith. They're markers, they're foundation blocks that we build on that remind us of God's faithfulness. Be thankful in every situation. Thankfulness is one of those things that creates a whole movement in our relationship that I think is a full circle that reinforces itself in our journey with Jesus. When I am thankful, what I am doing is I am practicing the attitude of gratitude. God, I'm forever thankful for all that you've done for me. Listen, if everything in your life is falling apart, you can always still say, Jesus, thank you for creating me in your image. Thank you for loving me with an extravagant love. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of my sin and offering me an eternal destiny with you. If all else falls apart, you still have the extravagant and eternal love of God in your life. Is anybody thankful for that today? Can we just give God praise and thanks for that? So if it all, if it all falls apart, you still have that. You still have that. So if I'm practicing the attitude of gratitude in my life, here's the kicker. I can now be content in any situation that I find myself in. And contentment is me just practicing confident reliance on God. He was faithful then, he'll be faithful now. I will be content in the situation that I find myself in. In Philippians chapter four, Paul says it like this, I have learned, he learned it, it didn't come naturally, I have learned whatever state I'm in. Now it could be Kentucky, it could be Tennessee, it could be Indiana, whatever, <laughs> that's just fun for me. Okay, whatever state I'm in, I will be content. I have learned. Whatever state I'm in, I can be content. That's something I have to work on. That's something that doesn't come naturally because that makes me stop focusing on my own self, my own power, my own strength. I'm, not, I'm instead focusing on God's power in my life. Thankfulness, the attitude of gratitude. God was faithful then. He'll be faithful now. Contentment, knowing that, man, God's with me. This is in his, his hands. I'm going to be just fine. And here's the kicker. If I'm thankful, it leads to me being content. I'm relying on God. And when I'm relying on God, suddenly it's not all about me anymore. Suddenly I'm along for the ride and I'm going, God, how are you going to show up in this? And even though things might not be going great, maybe I, won't have, I don't have everything I ever dreamed and hoped and wanted for, but it still allows me to be thankful. I can be content. And that leads to this spirit of generosity. And that's me practicing my trust in, in the eternal God and, and putting that into action. That means I'm leading the way. No, no matter what situation I face, I'm still living generously with my time, with my talent, with my treasure, focusing on doing my best to invest in things that are eternal. I was created by God, I was created for God. I'm gonna live generously. I'm gonna do everything I can to fulfill the mission God has given me. I'm gonna live in a way that connects people to him. I'm gonna open myself to every opportunity that God gives me. And here's the thing, when I'm thankful, Practicing that attitude of gratitude, no matter what situation I find myself, when I'm content, relying on God's presence in my life, living generously, what happens when I live generously? When I'm obedient, living into the life that God has called me to, God shows up on the scene. I experience more beautiful and sacred moments because he proves himself faithful. And that gives me more to be thankful for. And so that circle just keeps reinforcing itself. And I, I would contend with you today, that's a critical ingredient to the life that God has called us to, the relationship with him that he has called us to, because that is active and that is alive. Thankfulness is the, bound, is, is, the, is the foundational building block to that process in your life. So I just encourage you today, when we talk about capturing the beautiful moments, man, when you are able to look back in your life and recognize this is the moment that I encountered Jesus, 
This is a moment that God spoke to me. This is a beautiful moment that God gave me with my family. This is a great friendship that God blessed me with. When you recognize that God's moving and working, capture those moments and be thankful for what God has done because he was faithful then, he'll be faithful now. Let's move on to this story. This is awesome. So this lady is desperate. This is the story within the story. She's reached out and she's touched Jesus and she has been immediately healed. So she's gone from desperate to overfilled with joy and now's the gotcha moment because then it says in a moment, it says Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Have you ever been in that spot where you, you thought you got away with something and all of a sudden someone calls you out? I've told you the story in high school where I was out in dodgeball and gym. We used to play dodgeball and gym. I think Lamoris talked about that, like real dodgeball with the real dodgeballs. This is painful. You inflicted pain on people and pain was inflicted upon you. Those were the good old days. So we were playing dodgeball. I was out, because I'm not that athletic, sitting on the bleachers and a ball bounced right to us. And my friend said, Tim, but you can't hit Mr. Schubert. That was our gym teacher. He was on the volleyball coaching, like the ref stand. He's up there about five steps up, just calling people out. And I was like, challenge accepted, because I was young and dumb. It was in that moment, <laughs> this is bonus material. I wasn't planning on sharing this today, guys. So this is a peek into my life. In a moment of just absolute athletic genius, the power of God rested upon me. <laughs> and I threw this dodgeball with the force of Nolan Ryan. That's an old school reference. Roger Clemens in the steroid era. Okay, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Justin Verlander. Okay, I threw this ball whew, with pinpoint accuracy. It's one of those moments, God made me fast and accurate. That's a quote from The Patriot, one of my favorite movies of all time. Whew. That dodgeball hit Mr. Schubert behind both of his knees. He fell off of the referee stand. He blows his whistle. He's obviously in pain. He blows his whistle. Everybody to the bleachers. Everybody goes. Everybody's silent. And it was the same moment. He said, who threw that ball? <sighs> Can you imagine the emotions, the joy in my heart of knowing I have just thrown the, the shot of my life? Yes! Who threw that ball? <laughs> I was sent to the principal's office in that moment. <sighs> Thankfully, he chuckled when I told him what I had done. Yeah. <laughs> this is the moment. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask, who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. You talk about a beautiful encounter with Jesus. You talk about capturing a beautiful moment. This is a beautiful and sacred moment. And I want to encourage you today that when you encounter Jesus, when you have moments like these, you've got to not only capture them, you have to celebrate them. You have to tell your stories because nobody can take that away from you. This is a story that changed everything. And honestly, it's a story that has reverberated through time. 
uh, Michelle Barnett, pastor of Crossroads Recovery. Can you give her a round of applause? Um, I've invited Michelle to come on stage here, and she's going to share a story that is amazing, and it ties directly with this story. Mm -hmm. uh, give it up one more time for Michelle, because she's awesome. Right here. <laughs> Hey family, I'm super excited to be here with you today and I get to share something that's so near and dear to my heart. But before I do, I have to tell you, when Pastor Tim asked me to, if I would share this story, I'm like, absolutely. And then he said something you should never ever say to any pastor. He's like, Michelle, take as long as you need. So you guys got another hour, right? You got nothing else to do? <laughs> Just joking. Beautiful moments are like a journey, I like to say. And it's a journey with a bunch of ups and downs, and there are a lot of downs in, those, in that journey. But there's always those tiny little beautiful moments that we have to recognize along the way. So I was born and raised in the Chicagoland area. We were extremely poor, lived there almost my whole life. Uh, my mother was an unbeliever, an unbeliever, but my grandmother was a devout Catholic. My grandma was that lady who always carried her rosary around with her everywhere, prayed the rosary. I wasn't sure what she was doing, but she was always praying the rosary. She took me to church with her. Um, and the one thing she did is she bought me a picture of Jesus when I was a little girl, and she hung it in my bedroom. And I didn't know who Jesus was. I had no idea what a relationship with I knew nothing about it, but I would always look at that picture when I was sad. And Jesus became my imaginary friend. I was always lonely, and he was the person that I was always playing with when I was a little girl. So mom was married five times, so I had a lot of different stepfathers. Never knew my biological father, really. Um, and one of my stepfathers was extremely abusive. The abuse started when I was five years old and lasted for years. CPS was called. It was pretty severe. The one thing I, I look back, looking back now, I know that this man formed my expectation of what fatherhood was about, what marriage was about, and what men were like. So I grew up thinking this was normal. And the one memory that I have that is so strong in my head is the day he left. I remember standing in front of the door, bawling, begging him not to leave, saying, please come back, don't leave. I promise you I'll change, I'll be better. So as I said, that formed my expectation of what marriage and man and everything else was like. So unfortunately, I grew up and I continued a toxic cycle. Um, I did a lot of really stupid, stupid things. What I didn't know is I had this thing inside of me. You know, it was this emptiness. I call it the void. It was this emptiness. And I did everything I could to fill that, which include men and bars and everything else that you can imagine. I was a single mother, and I was working two jobs, leaving my kids with babysitters because I was so desperate to, to have the money, to have this, to have whatever it took to make me happy. But nothing ever filled it. It was crazy. Then, about 18 years ago, we moved to Indiana. And here in Indiana, I met a girl right away, and she was really cool, and she invited me to come to Crossroads one day. And I said, sure, I'll try it. She was involved in the children's ministry here, so I immediately loved the children's ministry, and I asked if I could get plugged in, and they plugged me in for some reason. I still don't know why, other than God. But I started teaching the kids here, and I loved it, because I was learning about Jesus as I taught the kids. And not only that, I taught kindergarten and first grade. That was my, the only class that I wanted to teach. And I now realize the reason why I did is because that's when my abuse started. And I wanted to show these kids that there is love and there is hope and they don't have to live the way that I did. 
So I was learning about Jesus. I was changing my life, trying to change my life. I wasn't doing great at it, but I was trying. I was trying to understand what a relationship with Jesus meant. Um, talked to one of the pastors here one day. Uh, I, I was in a very successful career um, out there in the secular world. I was customer service manager, and I was offered a job interview in Texas. And I was a little nervous about it, so I talked to one of the pastors here, and I said, you know, I got this job opportunity, and I am scared. I don't know what I should do because I'm afraid. I just found God in Crossroads, and what happens if I move to Texas, and I found this really cool guy, John, and we started talking, and I don't want to leave all this behind. And he just said, Michelle, just trust God. God is wherever you go. So I said, okay. So I went on the job interview, and it went really well. And I was on the airplane, uh, you know, getting on the airplane, coming home, and I just had all these thoughts in my head because I wasn't confident in myself at all. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Do I move? Do I not move? What am I supposed to do? I was really grateful that the seat next to me was empty because I was in no way, shape, or form did I need someone chatting my, hair, my ear off. This is not the time I needed to process my thoughts. So the doors of the airplane start to close. I'm relieved. There's nobody sitting there. And then sure enough, the, here comes this guy running down the aisle. And where does he sit? But right next to me. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Now I got to listen to someone talk. So he sat down and his name was Matthew. And we started talking. And he said to me, he goes, you know, Michelle, I was praying to God that God would put somebody in my path today that I could speak to and let him know that he's talking to you. And I think that person was you. And so we were praying and talking, really cool guy. And I'll never forget what he said when, we left, when I left the plane. He said to me, he said, Michelle, I will never see you again until we're in heaven. But until then, I want you to know that God has a plan for you. Don't give up. So I was like, well, that was weird, okay. Needless to say, John was too much of a temptation, so I stayed here in Indiana for him. I'm married to him now, by the way. Um, so I stayed in Indiana. We started this program called Crossroads Recovery, Celebrate Recovery. It was amazing. It was starting to show me that I have a lot of hurts, habits, and hang-ups, a lot of deep-seated hurts that I needed to let go of. So I started working that program. I started to understand who God was. And then in 2014, Crossroads was talking about baptism. And I said, I want to get baptized. So I pulled one of the pastors aside and I said, hey, I want to get baptized, but here's the deal. I want to do it in private. I don't want to do it in front of everybody. He's like, Michelle, this is an outward celebration. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I am so ashamed of my past. And I just want this to be a private moment between me and God, and that's it. And then I started completely breaking down, and he very calmly said to me, Michelle, what's really wrong? And I said, you know, I found God finally after all these years. I found him, and I'm hearing him. But it's too late for my kids. I messed my kids up so bad. I can't go back and take those years back. I can't be the mother I was supposed to be. I can't show them who God is. What am I supposed to do? He very calmly look at, looked at me and said, Michelle, take this act of obedience. Take this step. Change your life and live your life going forward for God. And I promise you that your children will notice, and so will other people. So I said, okay. God decided to get baptized. Pastor Tim baptized me, and I remember standing over there, and the one prayer I said in my head before I got baptized was, God, I know that I'm not worthy to get into heaven because of all of the horrible things I did, but if you give me the opportunity, I want to show other people that there's hope for them and that they can find you. Came up here, got baptized, 
And boy, did God bring people in my life. Crossroads Recovery has helped me help so many other people give them hope. But I still didn't feel it myself. I still had that emptiness just a tiny bit inside of myself. And I was so blessed that I was able to help other people, but I didn't know how I could help myself. But I was okay, because I thought that's what God wanted me to do. So again, went through Crossroads Recovery. Then in 2016, the end of 2016, I got a call that completely changed my life. Somebody, I was at work, I remember the call, and somebody called me and said, hey, Michelle, we've been watching you. I'm like, you have? He goes, yeah, we want to help you get to Israel. We want you to go to Israel next week. We're going to help you do that. And I was like shaking, literally shaking you guys. And I, when I hung up that phone, I was like, okay. I hung up that phone because I knew that something was, God was doing something. I didn't know what it was, but he was doing something. And all I could say is people like me don't get gifts like this. This doesn't happen to people like me. Don't they know who I am? I'm that unclean, sinful woman my whole life. February of 2017 was the trip. And you guys, it was amazing. I got on that trip, and there were literally 25 pastors on that trip and me. You want to talk about feeling insignificant and unworthy? I kept saying, God, why did you bring me on this trip? I would listen to them talk and quote scripture, and I'm like, I don't know that. That's not who I am. Why am I here? Then we, there was this moment where we went to Magdala, and it's the story that, Jim, that Tim just told. And in Magdala, uh, Pastor Mark held up a stone or showed us a stone, and he said, this is an actual stone, supposedly, that Jesus walked on. And I was just overcome with emotion that I can't even explain. And then we walk in this chapel, and that picture, it's larger than life. It's bigger than the screen behind me is there in that chapel of the woman reaching out to touch Jesus' cloak. And Pastor Mark is telling us the story and reading it from the Bible. And, and I, I can't explain it. I broke down completely, and I said, God, this is not fair. It's not fair. Why can't you be here? Because if you were here, I would be that woman. I would reach out and I would touch your cloak and I would know that everything I've done can be forgiven, God, but you're not here. And I broke down and I cried. And in the moment, I can't explain. I, 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 I can't tell you other than I heard God's voice. And God literally said to me, Michelle, I am here. And you are forgiven. And not only are you forgiven, I have a job for you to do. And in that moment, I said, whatever it is, God, here I am. I will do it. So we went through that trip, trip and that trip was filled with beautiful moments that, I, that are just unbelievable to this day that are still like, like I, they were yesterday. I came back from that trip, and I immediately found Pastor Tim, and I said, Pastor Tim, I want to become a pastor. He was like, cool, because that's Pastor Tim's response, right? And I'm thinking in my back of my head, I'm like, he's probably wondering why. But anyway, I signed up, I went to Bible school, I signed up for Bible school, and I went back to Bible college, and a year later, I was offered a full-time position here at Crossroads. I left my secular career behind, and I came here to Crossroads to be a pastor. That was five years ago almost now, and I'm still a pastor, and not only am I a pastor, but I'm hopefully going to be ordained next year. So God's been moving in crazy great ways. And still, to this day, there's times when I ask, why me, God? Why did you choose me? In my head, I am every single sinful woman that there ever is in the Bible. Every unclean woman that you read about, that was my life. Yet God chose me. And God chose me to be here today to tell you that it is never too late. 
that God is here and God is present. And I don't care what you did in your past. I don't care who you were. You do not have to be that person any longer. You can change. It is not too late. And God is saying, here I am. We have to look at those beautiful moments and we have to accept them and remember that God is present and God is with us and God can change us. I can't make that choice for you. I can't do that for you. I can tell you my story. I'm stubborn and it took me a trip to Israel for me to find God. But God is here and God is present and God is calling out to each one of you saying, listen to my voice. I have a path for you to choose. I'm telling you, if God can use someone like me, he can certainly use someone like you and your life can change. Thanks for letting me share. Honestly, I don't have much more to say beyond that because that's just an amazing story of God's faithfulness, and that's a moment to celebrate for sure. And honestly, as our band comes up to close us out, we're going to prepare to sing a song that is all about just the breakthroughs that God can have in our lives. It celebrates these beautiful moments. And I want you to think about just the moments that you have with Jesus. Guys, you don't have to go to the Holy Land. You don't have to go to Israel to experience a sacred moment with God. I encourage you to capture the beautiful moments that you've had with Jesus and to celebrate those moments. I think the greatest story ever told is the story of God's love for us and in Jesus to pay the price that we couldn't be to pay to forgive us of our sins. The second greatest story ever told is the story of how you encountered Jesus, those beautiful and sacred moments. We have to capture those moments. We have to celebrate those moments. And as we think about that, I just want to wrap up this story. After healing this woman and and telling her that she can go in peace, her suffering is over. It says, while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing, he went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha Kaum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and began walking around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. I want you to know today that the God that we serve can transform any situation that you're facing. He's the God who brings dead things to life. And so I want you to know today that you can have hope in any circumstance. Whatever storm of life you're facing, whatever valley you're walking through, I want to remind you today, God is with you. God is faithful. He was faithful then. In the beautiful moments that you have captured, he'll be faithful now. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. He fights for you. He's the God who provides. He, he's the God who heals. I encourage you today to lean into him. Dedicate your beautiful moments with him and know that he is with you today. I don't want to take for granted today that we're here today and that everyone's had that encounter with Jesus. Maybe you've never had a beautiful and sacred moment with him. As we prepare to, to lean into this moment of just dedicating our beautiful moments to God and celebrating all he has done in our lives and to just lean into our relationship with him and to talk with him with a thankful heart. I encourage you that if you've never had that encounter with Jesus, let this be the moment that you encounter him 
May this be a beautiful and sacred moment that you never forget. May this be the first time you experience the forgiveness and the love and the power of God in your life. I want to invite everyone to stand in this moment. We're going to close by saying this prayer together. And if you need to say yes to Jesus, if you want to encounter him and his love for the first time, I invite you to pray this prayer with us today. Would you say this? Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. And can we give him thanks? And can we give him praise today? Because he is worthy. There is no one like him. Listen, if that's a decision you've made for the first time today, I invite you to come forward uh, at the end of our service and, and say hello. Michelle is over here. I believe Stu is over here. These, either one of these two would be so happy to talk to you about how you take these next steps and begin this amazing journey with Jesus because Jesus changes everything. And as we close by singing this song together, would you just be willing to capture those beautiful moments in your life? Take a moment, talk with Jesus, celebrate all that he has done. And cherish those moments. Recognize he was faithful then. He'll be faithful now. Let's praise Jesus together. God, you're so good. We recognize that you love us with an extravagant love and there's nothing you wouldn't do for us. And so, God, we, we lay all of, our, all of our hurts, God, all of the storms in life that we're facing, all the things that we're just unsure of, all the uncertainties, all of our worries and the things that cause us anxiety, God, we lay those down at your feet. God, we put our trust in you. We are so thankful for the way that you have shown up in our lives in the past, and we're looking forward with anticipation to how you're going to continue showing up moving forward. God, we love you, and we thank you, and we praise you. You have given us beautiful and sacred moments, encounters with you. And so, God, we love you, and we draw close to you this moment. We pray this in your name.